It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. James is on vacation, which means it's just me, or is it? Today, I'm actually joined by a special guest, Bengals underscore Sands Mike. He writes for allbengals.com. He is a rising star in the Bengals Twitter ranks because of his dedication to using his free time to watch coaches clinics on YouTube. Sands, how's it going? It's going great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We're recording a full episode today about Jesse Bates and the free safety position and the free safety position specifically in Lou Anarumo Cincinnati Bengals 2021 defense, at least as we expect it to be, because there will probably be some changes from the 2020 iteration of the defense due to a different composition of the cornerback room. But This is something that came up originally in a mailbag a week ago. You posted on allbengals.com a piece titled Film Breakdown, How Jesse Bates Has Become One of the Best Safeties in the NFL. You go through all of the different aspects of free safety play, including center field single high, including man coverage, including filling run lanes, and, and I think even some plays in the box maybe, really highlighting the strengths of Jesse Bates' game and pointing out the one area the one significant area anyway that I think he's got some room for improvement. And this piece comes out, which I knew you were working on at the time, but the day after we release a mailbag in which I say, yeah, Jesse Bates is great, but I'm not sure how far a guy like Jesse Bates can carry a defense where if you have an elite free safety, even in a defense that plays a ton of single high, you compare that to the elite players at some other positions. And and I think we went back and forth on Twitter. We talked about Aaron Donald, who is in a league of his own. So maybe that's not fair, but you could look at the elite edge rushers, Khalil Mack, uh, you know, Miles Garrett. You could look at cornerbacks like Stephon Gilmore, Jair Alexander, whoever your favorite, you know, shutdown corner is currently playing in the NFL. I, I don't know that there's necessarily a linebacker, that I would argue could be more impactful than a free safety. Although I guess at this point, the argument is going toward Fred Warner more than it was Bobby Wagner, who still is the archetypal linebacker in my mind, maybe Levante David. But let's start there with this philosophical conversation. And I want you to present your case because I kind of talked about it, why I think in the Bengals defense, yes, uh, an elite free safety, it obviously helps. It's obviously a very good thing to have, but to me, it's so dependent on a lot of the pieces in front of him where, yes, he he has the ability to change your personnel. He, he lets you be a little bit more flexible. He lets you put corners on an island because he has this great range, but he doesn't take away half the field like a an, an, uh, shutdown outside corner would. He doesn't game wreck 
the way we've seen some of these great pass rushers do. What's the other side of this argument? So I do want to say that you're not alone in your thought because I know Ben Solak, smart analyst for the Draft Network, I think he said similar things to you. It's like, well, how much can a deep middle of the field free safety do? And really, if you just play him as a deep middle of the field free safety, I still think he's very valuable. Maybe he becomes 90% of Earl Thomas, who was the best free safety of the past 10 years or decade. Um, but yeah, when you got your elite deep middle of the field free safety, it lets you play one high, which in turn lets you be plus one in the box rather than even. So teams can't run as easily against you. You can play the run versus too high. Everybody's doing it because everybody's trying to move to too high. But it's a lot easier on everybody, especially the defensive line, if you could be plus one so that they don't need to steal a gap or anything and win that way. You just get more bodies down there. It also lets your underneath coverage be a little bit more compact. You think of like um, like quarters coverage or anything. You send four guys deep. You have three underneath, and that's gonna. There's three guys, and two of them are usually linebackers. So they're really easier to exploit than when you have a safety coming down and helping in like a cover three situation. So they're playing underneath coverage as well. And really, what you're looking at with an elite rangey free safety is a guy that's playing the job of I don't know one and a half safeties. So normally in like a two high structure, you would have two safeties playing each half. And if your guy can go from the middle of the field all the way out to basically out of bounds to break up passes, I mean, that's really the job of one and a half safeties because you're looking at the middle of the field's closed. So they're not really looking to go there and then he can get all the way outside. So they're not going to be able to get there either. So that really, and he can follow uh, the quarterback's eyes and read them that way. Jesse Bates is great at that. He did it against Roethlisberger going from opposite hash to out of bounds to break up a pass. It was underthrown, but a pass against, uh, it was to Deontay Johnson. So, I mean, think of how long that is. And that's more than one safety in a two high. So really that's where I'm saying like it's, it's basically like one and a half safeties worth of work from one guy. And then you also see Jesse Bates, he's, fills his run lane. He does a good job uh, defending the run. He can man up against tight ends. These are probably the best guy. If we go against, I don't want to say Travis Kelsey, because Travis Kelsey will probably cook any safety, but Mark Andrews, you put him against Mark Andrews one-on-one. I think he wins that most of the time. And we were doing Von Bell on him, which Von Bell wasn't winning most of the time, but he, you can move him around like a chess piece. He doesn't have to just be the deep middle of the field free safety. I wonder if that actually creates something exploitable. If you have a bunch of average players on defense and you have an elite free safety, is there a chance that, and and I think we saw this, so this isn't really even a hypothetical, but I think we saw last season teams would say, we're going to put Jesse Bates in conflict and whichever guy he takes, we're going to run two routes at him. He's going to have to make a choice, right? He's going to have to either come down on a crosser in front of his face or, or, you know, we're going to make him stay deep and, and take the vertical because he's going to be coached depending on the defensive play call to either stay with the vertical or, or take the thing that goes in front of his face. Or sometimes I think like maybe twice, two, two or three plays maybe stick out to me where there was some eye candy and he went after it. He, he tried to jump something. Maybe it was a film tendency and they got him on a tendency breaker. 
that feels like something that could be one of those limiting factors when you're relying on this one free safety to cover the holes in, in your deep coverage unit, which really is multiple guys plus the, the effect of a pass rush. And, and we saw this a few times where, you know, you put Bates in conflict and, okay, Bates goes with the vertical. We're taking the crosser because the Bengals don't have the corners to take that away adequately or the linebackers don't have good enough depth to take away that crosser that's going behind them to, to actually be in the passing lane or whatever the issue is. The, the, the point that I'm making here is, is this position maybe more reliant on these things than, than some other positions that could be more forcing, to use chess terminology, more forcing on, on offenses that they face? I think I get what you're saying here in that when you have an elite shutdown man-to-man corner, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. He's going to take away his guy. And I could agree with this point. And I think you also have to look at the cost of an elite shutdown corner and the cost of an elite edge rusher like Miles Garrett. You're looking at 25 plus million, I think, for an edge rusher. The best free safety, I think the highest paid one might be Justin Simmons at like, you, you probably know better than me. I'm not a super cap guy, but I think like 18 million. So that's a 7 million discount. Really, what I think is that anytime with really anywhere on football, you have an elite player like a Jesse Bates, at least last year, and you just build around him. It's just because because you're right in that you can send two routes at him. And if both the guys are losing to covering those routes and like cover one, let's say they run the post and uh, underneath is a dig. So he covers the post and the dig's open because that guy's not covered. Really, you you need you need that guy to uh, sorry you need that guy to play better coverage on the dig if he's giving help to the post. And so I get your pushback a little bit. I still think that well worth whatever to be uh, well worth whatever money just to uh, be the elite free safety that we're looking for. And really, I think I think if you use him like a moving chess piece, because I think the way that you attack, you're talking about attacking with like the post and the crosser. Really, that's just a cover three beater. It's similar to like if you played Tampa two and they threw a corner route behind your corner because yeah. he's playing his job. Uh, it's just a beater. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. You need a Bobby Wagner type linebacker to take the crosser while your free safety takes the post. You run that enough and you could cheat it. But uh, if you start moving him like a chess piece and you're a little bit more – you don't know what the uh, what the Bengals are doing on defense. You don't know that they're playing cover three every snap. Then I think you're going to get a little – you're going to take a little of the edge off of what you're worried about with can he be exploited. I think that's a really good segue. There's a couple things I want to wrap up real quick here in, in this – conversation first you're right safety's cheaper than corners Jalen Ramsey 20 million AAV average per year Marlon Humphrey 19 and a half Tredavious White 17.25 the highest paid free safety in the NFL Justin Simmons you're right 15.25 then there's Buda Baker just below 15 million so Jesse Bates comes in around 15 million you're, you're paying him like an elite corner but definitely below the the highest paid corners in the NFL. But what's really interesting that you started to get to in that conversation that I want to dig into a little bit more is if they use him like a chess piece a little bit more. And I want to talk about what your 
ideal use for Jesse Bates would be and, and what kind of transformation we could hope to see from this Lou Anarumo defense with the new pieces, knowing what we have in these new corners, these new starting corners. And we'll get into that conversation coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Whether it's the end of the NBA playoffs, whether you're a hockey fan, whether you want to get in on the Reds hot streak, maybe you want to just take a look at NFL futures and NFL prop bets. Bet online has you covered for all of it. Not only that, they've got your news in the same place you can get your real-time updated odds. So go over to betonline.ag, check out their news, check out their sign-up bonuses, check out their contests, and make sure you use promo code Locked On when you sign up. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Stan. So before we went to the break, you were talking about using Jesse Bates as a chess piece, making it a little bit less predictable. Something that I've pointed out on the podcast was the Seth Galina piece, breaking down what every team was doing defensively. In 2020, Lou Anarumo really liking the, the single high man stuff. And the Bengals actually pretty good when they did go single high man. The problem was when they did anything else, they replaced William Jackson. You add Trey Waynes from the IR to be your starting outside corner. You, you add Mike Hilton. This does not seem like a group of corners necessarily super well suited across the board to playing a lot of man. I think Trey Waynes is a guy who could have the skill set to do some press man. I I think he'll like many guys struggle with double moves in those situations, but I think struggle more if he's off. Now, all that being said, talking about using Jesse Bates as a chess piece to make him less exploitable, less uh, easy to avoid more. You have to deal with him in a given play, or maybe you have to just avoid his half of the field. What could the Bengals do or, or what tendencies did we see from the Bengals last year that indicate that they could use Jesse Bates as more of a chess piece? Really, the main thing that I think of when I'm talking about using him as a chess piece is who do you cover the tight end with? Because it's not a linebacker anymore. You don't put your – Logan Wilson's not going to be covering Mark Andrews that often. It's going to be either Von Bell, Jesse Bates, or a cornerback. And I think Jesse Bates does a really good job covering tight ends one-on-one. I mean, he – had at least two snaps against Hunter Henry where he got targeted, broke both those passes up. I think he played like 20 snaps against Mike Gesicki. And I don't think he had a catch against him. Had a comeback route where Gesicki tried to box him out. And he's a 6'5", 250-pound tight end. Jesse Bates reached around and knocked the ball out. So there's instances where you can see real good man coverage ability. So there's one idea is that you can start, let's say you start, too high and that's already a tendency breaker because we like to start one high towards the end of the year we kind of were 
covering up some of our cornerback injuries by playing more too high. But so you start too high and then you roll Jesse Bates in the man coverage on the tight end and say Von Bell drops deep, which that can be exploited. Sure. <laughs> Von Bell's worse deep than Bates's, but you're going to take away the Ravens best pass target, Mark Andrews. So now he has to exploit it with Hollywood Brown, one of the rookies or Sammy Watkins. A little bit different. Or he's just going to run because even if you leave a spy in, he's just going to he's just going to outrun your spy. <laughs> it's so difficult to play against uh, Lamar, but just as an example, like you could take away a team's tight end with him. You could roll him down into taking away the crosser. If you play against the Rams, they like to run crosser routes. Start Maybe you start too high or you start one high and you just roll him into that uh, area around the linebacker's depth. He's going to already be coming top down on that play rather than bottom up, which is usually the problem that those plays attack. They attack the, the linebacker covering that has to turn around and find him. Robot, which is a cool name for linebacker technique, which really just means running backwards at a crossing route. <laughs> But uh, when you're starting top top down on that, you don't need to turn your back to it. You can see the quarterback and the route, kind of like basketball. You don't. You could see the guy that's driving. You can see your man. So playing top down is kind of like that. I feel like I make a lot of basketball references because I did something like that with Joe Mixon too. It's like that's like a hesitation to a crossover. <laughs> Just think of that. Like he's playing the crossing route. They. What does the offense like to do? Use Jesse Bates to take it away. The offense likes to throw their tight end. Use Jesse Bates in coverage against them. Unless it's Travis Kelsey or even George Kittle, I would probably I'd probably double that. <laughs> Maybe use Jesse Bates over the top on Tyree Kill. And you could bracket that way. There's just there's ways to use him that isn't just send him deep. And I still think you should probably just send him deep like 50% of the time because he's just so good at it that you want that still. But you don't want the offense to know what you're in, whether it's cover three or cover one. So move them around a little bit and leave some guesswork. So let's talk about one specific matchup that, that you haven't talked about. You've talked about using him in man coverage against tight ends. You've talked about using him to take away the, the deep speed threats, which the Bengals will face. I mean, you've got Chase Claypool in Pittsburgh, Odell Beckham Jr. in Cleveland. You've got Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, and, and Sammy Watkins, I think, to some degree, or, or maybe a significant degree in Baltimore. Rashad Bateman being a scary complete, perhaps the most complete wide receiver on that roster as a rookie if he lives up to his tape from two years ago. But let's talk about that Cleveland Browns matchup specifically. This is a team that loves to run the ball and might be the worst matchup for Jesse Bates. In fact, if we were to go look at his PFF grades, I think one of his worst games may have been against the Browns. Not that PFF grades are a be-all, end-all by any means, of course, I just want to double check this to make sure I am not lying through my teeth. I think he missed three tackles week two. So that'd probably be the game to look at. Yeah. So week two, he gets a 39.6 grade from PFF against Cleveland. They've got him for the four missed tackles is, is what PFF actually has charted. And I believe they, they didn't love his coverage in that game. He didn't give up any catches directly, but you know that's not necessarily all it is for coverage for a free safety. The second game against Cleveland, he misses two tackles and has a 56.7 grade. He had four games all year at 56.7 or lower, and two of them were against the Browns. So let's look at that matchup and, and think about how can we better use Jesse Bates in that matchup. Maybe this is something that actually has less to do with Jesse Bates and more to do with 
Well, now you have Tyler Shelvin and DJ Reader, and maybe that means leaving Jesse Bates on an island deep, going heavier up front. Maybe that's the tactic, and, and that's the way you leverage his skill to get an advantage elsewhere. That is actually exactly where I was going, in that you have DJ Reader and Tyler Shelvin now, and they like to run that wide zone. They like to run power. They like to run counter. They like to run everything over there. They got Bill Callahan. They'll run whatever they can, and they'll run they'll run it well. Maybe you, that's what one of the best offensive line coaches will do for you. And then you got Nick Chubb. That's just a bad matchup for Jesse Bates. That guy's like 235. Jesse Bates is 200, I think. So you're just looking at a big guy and trying to tackle him. And it's like me going – it's like when you think of like who tackles Derrick Henry. I mean – it's not like anybody gets him one-on-one that often. Same with Joe Mixon, really. It's not like a safety one-on-one with Joe Mixon usually brings him down. Unless he, I guess sometimes, he tries to run him over and he gets tripped. Joe Mixon but. has a bad habit of trying to run through guys that he has the ability to run around or at least make it oblique. Like He, he gets tackled, in my opinion, actually frustratingly often against like cornerbacks because he's just trying to truck stick them. And it just doesn't quite work out. And he'll gain like an extra five yards. But if he just puts a little wiggle and makes that angle a little bit harder, takes away his shoulder pads a little bit, then then sometimes I think he can make that guy miss and, and use a little bit more wiggle. Because you see it when he runs routes and you don't see him really utilize the wiggle as much as I think he could with the ball in his hands. But this is about Jesse Bates. So that was a little aside. <laughs> little aside, yeah. Um I mean, you just get somebody like Nick Chubb, they're hard to bring down. So you want to get more bodies to him before it hits Jesse Bates. That's the problem is that he's hitting Jesse Bates one-on-one because your linebackers, not going to name names, but like uh, Wyatt Teller pulled around. He shoved your linebacker 15 yards downfield. You're the next guy. (laughs) You have to make this tackle one-on-one. It's like that's not the tackle you want your free safety to make. So it is a little bit of a little scary, but I mean – you just get some better run stopping up front and it yeah. shouldn't really hit him that often. And I think this goes back to the first point where you have an Aaron Donald on your team. And I know it's not fair to use Aaron Donald, but you have an Aaron Donald on your team. Teams have to deal with it. And you have a Jesse Bates on your team. Teams have to deal with it if they're losing and they have to throw. But if you're Cleveland and you you got the game script on your side, you're going against Bengals for whatever reason. It's a close game. You're up. You can kind of make Jesse Bates less of a factor in the game. Now, this isn't to say that I'm not trying to take anything away from him and and there are going to be people listening that are like, why are you being so negative? It's not the point where we're just getting into it. We're we're having a conversation about the intricacies of, of football and the give and the take, but we'll finish on a positive note, shall we? So let's focus on some of these things that he does great, some of the things that you highlighted, some of his individual talents to wrap up this in-depth Jesse Bates conversation coming up next. This week only, Built Bar has an amazing limited time offer for you to try. It's the Built Grasshopper Cookie. Available until July 9th, the newest Built Bar flavor is available for you. Tastes like a thin mint cookie. All that flavor without all that sugar. 150 calories in this particular bar with 17 grams of protein and just five grams of sugar. They still have all their original flavors too. That full roster available to check out for you at the new URL built.com built bar. The official protein bar of the U S track and field team has a special offer for listeners of locked on podcast right now. 
Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. In case you've forgotten since the beginning of the show, I'm here with a very special guest, Bengals Sands. He writes for James over at allbengals.com, does great work in film breakdown. And like I said, spends his spare time watching co- coaches clinics on YouTube. So, you know, he knows what he's talking about to, to some degree, at least, but really did a good job on a Jesse Bates highlight piece. That's over at allbengals.com. Recently also did a Joe Mixon piece. So maybe that's why we talked about Joe Mixon a little bit there, had a little bit of an aside, but one of the tweets that stands out that you highlighted in your piece at allbengals.com because your style has been, you know, I'm going to tweet it, I'm going to talk about it, and then I'm going to talk about it in longer form in this article I've posted, but you write, Jesse Bates has the best range out of all of the current NFL safeties that I've watched, and you're highlighting a play where he goes, you talked about this one a little bit earlier, between the hashes on the snap to the sideline in time to break up a vertical ball. What are the things that that make Jesse Bates truly a special player? We've talked about the fact that he is special. You've talked about some of the things that he does well. But take a minute here and and let's talk about the things that he does at an elite level that are game changing instead of the the ways that that offenses can actually minimize his impact. Yeah, so range. Range is a big one. I think even Matt Bowen at ESPN said the same thing. He said best the rangiest free safety in the league right now is Jesse Bates, something like that. And I think just shouting other people out, just in case you don't believe me in all the clinics I've watched, <laughs> is that uh, um, Robert Mays, too, at The Athletic, he said the uh, same thing, where it's like you, we're not playing single high anymore because not every team has a Jesse Bates, which implies that you can play single high with Jesse Bates. So really you're looking at range. And range range can be a guy that's 4'2", but that doesn't mean they have 4'240". That doesn't mean they have great range because it a lot of it is instincts. It's uh, processing, like knowing what the offense is trying to do. You don't want to go take the vertical away if the vertical is just there for you to – it's eye candy. Something We've talked about earlier in this podcast about how sometimes you can jump the – eye candy in the middle of the field and that could be a cover one cross situation where they want him to you never know but it's knowing we'll talk about i think that's the play ben roethlisberger threw right specifically he starts on the opposite hash i believe from where the ball is thrown so the hashes i don't have an exact measurement but let's say they're 10 yards so he crosses the 10 five yards to get to the middle of the field five more yards to get to that hash and then Oh, God, I'm losing my football coach credentials to not know how far it is to get, like, out of bounds. But (laughs) in the NFL, but think of that, like, the opposite hash to out of bounds. That's, like, from the middle of the field plus five plus extra yards. And the reason he knows that is he knows Ben Roethlisberger at this point. Ben Roethlisberger sees that one-on-one matchup against a practice squad guy. He Maybe he even signaled for a vertical ball. You never know. But he sees the outside release. 
Ben's taking that. It doesn't matter if Ben's arm is held together by duct tape anymore. He sees that and he's throwing it because if he underthrows it and his wide receiver jumps for it, he gets a pass interference. If he overthrows it, it's just an incomplete pass. He puts it anywhere near him. He's probably catching that because that's against a practice squad cornerback. And he just trusts his wide receiver to make that play. That's a touchdown. But Jesse Bates sees that too. So he has the instincts. And not to – I think he even sprints right away on that. Like he knows Ben Roethlisberger so well at this point that he just – he sees the outside release. There's only two things you're really doing on an outside release. It's a go or a comeback. So he's getting over top of that now. And it helps out. He's able to track the ball, break it up. And then Mike Williams – uh, week one, completely different time in the year, but same thing where he got an outside release and Jesse Bates, I think he scooches first, which is getting kind of like a 45 degree angle and kind of gaining ground towards him first. And then once, uh, I think it was Tyrod takes his hand off the ball to start throwing dead sprint to get over top and break the pass up. And you might be thinking, well, what, what if they're going to pump one way, take the ball off, throw a complete pump fake and then go the other way. You're hoping your defensive line doesn't give them that much time. I mean, to make the read, make the pump, just to get your free safety to do that. Trey Hendrickson, you're paying him $15 million. Go go finish that sack. You got three seconds, three-plus seconds. And and on that Chargers play in particular, there were guys at Tyrod's feet by the time he gets rid of the ball because the Chargers uh, had a pretty bad offensive line last year. You may have heard. One of the, one of the offensive lines in the NFL that was actually <laughs> – by most metrics, worse than the situation that Joe Burrow had in front of him in Cincinnati. But it is very impressive. And and like you say, J- Jesse Bates has that internal clock. He knows when it's safe to stick his foot in the ground and go in a dead sprint. Because if it's a pump, immediately he, he's going to bite on it as much as maybe any player in the NFL will. But he's not going to start a dead sprint on on a pump that's a an immediate pump and go kind of thing. That's His job is on those sorts of plays, probably to stay over top of it in most cases anyway. So yeah, the, the range is incredible. Getting from opposite hash all the way to the other side of the field while gaining depth, because it's not necessarily a straight line. He's also, you know, on the, on the Mike Williams play, he's at the 50 when the ball is thrown and gets over to the 43 probably by the time the ball comes down. So there's vertical depth involved as well at the snap. I think he's at the opposite 45. So, you know, there's a 10, 15 yard gain vertically in addition to clearing that field uh, horizontally. So yeah, the the range, absolutely huge. Uh, I think maybe an underheralded part of his game that you pointed out in this piece is he can hit hard. I mean, when he gets that full head of steam going, he had some, hit stick kind of plays to break up passes in addition to just being incredible at pass breakups. He, he led all NFL safeties in pass breakups last year, had four interceptions to go along with it. PFF, by the way, charted him with three dropped picks as well. So he could have had seven. Not that any defensive player ever catches every interception opportunity they have, but I just will, incredible I will, ball quick. skills. I was just going to say, I know two of those interceptions. He jumped a play too early. Yeah, like he knew exactly what was happening. Mm-hmm. One of them was Andy Dalton. I think it was, uh, it was like a clear out and then a dig underneath. And he's <laughs> he's sprinting on the ball before Dalton throws it, and then he just ends up too far ahead and isn't able to make the body control back shoulder type catch that wide receivers make. Yeah, I remember that one. The other thing that I think is is interesting to talk about is that he has improved as a tackler. This was an area of his game that 
like we said earlier, it is still compared to the other aspects of his skill set, probably a bit of a weakness, but it is getting better or, or it was at least better in 2021. The two games against the Browns aside, the tackling consistency was, was significantly improved. And if that continues to even be as good as it was in 2021, you know, you take what he did, sorry, in 2020, you take what he did in 2020 every year. Is there upward, is there, is there upward mobility for Bates? What can he do better that you think is realistic? Cause he's still young. I think he's, you know, he's 24 years old. He's not even in quite, I think the, the peak physical prime for NFL players, which is probably 25, 26. What are the things that Jesse Bates you think will improve on in the near future? Well, one is going to be, you need to see year to year consistency before you start saying this guy is the best safety in the league. So he needs to show it again next year, just in general. But if you mean specifically, what can he do to even improve upon last year? Obviously the tackling. I think sometimes he doesn't get his arms as involved as they should. He kind of, that comes with some safeties that like to make big hits. They just kind of go shoulder pad heavy, just lean down and try to knock a guy down. But uh, when you get, go against a guy like Nick Chubb, it's this uh, doesn't work. So get his arms more involved in tackling. I think that also he does bite a little bit on the candy that is like a dig or a crosser. Sometimes he'll bite that. And I'm not positive whether or not that's coached. I would lean no, but I don't know. Like there are coverages where you take away this because this quarterback can't even throw that far or something like that. Um, so areas like that where just take away the 5% that he's jumping or incorrectly instead of jumping and being correct. Also, I would take the jumping for yeah. interceptions <laughs> if he's just going to make a few mistakes and the quarterback still has to hit a perfect shot. Very so, much a, a give and take there, right? Double-edged sword. It's like Joe Burrow holding onto the ball. It's like, yeah, I'll take uh, an yeah. extra sack once in a while so that he can throw a touchdown. But uh, if he could shore that up just a little bit and the tackling, that's really that's, – that's a lot of it though. I mean – if you really want him to become one of the best players in the league, see him cover the other team's best receiver when they go to the slot or something. I mean, that, but that we're talking like that's that's like <laughs> afraid to say like that's like Hall of Fame level. That's that's like Ed Reed. Like the other team put their best receiver in the slot to get away from Chris McAllister. Okay, <laughs> I'll cover him one on one or something. But really, what you're looking at more is your your consistency and tackling. I think are the two main areas, but. There are areas for improvement, and I think especially just shoring up the mental side even more, where he's already elite at it, really but yeah. always always still working, just getting better at it. And he's young. He has time to do it. And if there's one thing that you're going to give Lou Anarumo credit for, I think it is finding ways to, to let Jesse Bates excel and, and clearly identifying that he's one of, if not your best player on defense, and I think he is, and you let him do the things that he does best. And, and now it's up to him to take these new pieces he has and further maximize it. Knowing what he has in Jesse Bates, find ways to leverage that skill set to put the other guys on this defense in a position to take a huge step because both sides of the ball, offense and defense, really need to take a giant leap for this team to get to 500 plus in 2021 especially when you go look at last year and i don't recommend you do this but you go look at last year their average points per game on offense and points per game allowed and and you kind of get an idea 
of the ground they have to make up. They have the potential to do it. But like I've said, and I'm getting sick of saying, is training camp here yet? I need to see it to believe it. Sands, Mike, thanks so much for this lovely in-depth conversation about Jesse Bates. I look forward to doing it again soon. Yeah, uh, hopefully a different player. But I mean, I'll talk about Jesse Bates again. Uh, Thanks for having me. Probably a different player next time. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Bengals podcast. We're back for the final episode of the week coming out on Thursday evening for Friday's commute. Until then, Bengals fans, make sure you follow Sands on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands. Hooday and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.